<clears throat> Good morning, everyone, or evening, or uh, wherever you are in the world on Zoom. You, you never know. It's quite exciting, right? Um, I'm Kristen, and I am definitely a compulsive overeater. And um, I'm so grateful to be in a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous and one where I get to actively participate in my recovery. Um, I was thinking last night that uh, first I want to thank Lucy for asking me to come and speak. But last night I was thinking, oh, I get to go to a new meeting and meet new people, new fellows who are trudging this road with me. Um, you know, and, and this attitude of being excited about life and looking forward to things, um, you know, as opportunities and blessings instead of being scared, um, which is how I live from a lot of my life. Those are direct gifts of the program. Um, and so a little bit about myself, and, and I just want to also say welcome to anyone who's new. I love that part at the beginning where we read the part about weakness being, you know, the foundation. I think a lot about surrender in my, in, as the basis of my recovery and, um, welcoming us home. I really feel like I found home in Overeaters Anonymous and I, and I hope that you do. And I'm confident that you will, if you stick around and, um, pick up the tools, which I'll talk about a little, just a little bit of, of qualification. I've been in OA, um, pretty much abstinence since July of 2022. It was really my first attempt in earnest at um, putting down the food. I had come to OA meetings, I don't know, maybe eight to 10 years ago because I'm in other 12-step fellowships. And I thought, oh, that's a little too drastic for me. So I didn't, I didn't come back because I knew I wasn't ready. So I tried for, uh, I tried to control and enjoy my food um, until I just, I had to surrender because I was out of options. I felt completely insane and like I was losing my mind. And um, thank God I came in. I, I use God, but it doesn't, probably doesn't mean the um, any depiction of, of a t traditional God. So I hope it doesn't throw you. It's just easier for me. Um, and since coming into OA, I got a sponsor. I've, I've started working the steps. I'm on the ninth step right now. And I have lost, so I'm 5'3", just a little bit of, um, you know, you can't tell on camera, right? But I've lost 70 pounds. It's a lot of weight for a 5'3 woman, right? Um, but I'm actually down for my top weight, 84 pounds. But, you know, I was thinking this morning as I was getting um, dressed for the meeting, it, for the first time since coming into OA, it, it hasn't been a the focus is not on the weight. The weight is um, a consequence of working a, a spiritual program. You know, the weight comes off as a result of that. It's not, you know, it's just, it's a completely different way of, of um, that I've ever, that, that I've ever had of looking at food, the relationship with my body. And so, you know, to get into the tools, I really want to focus on sponsorship and literature I guess to me, those are the two, um, for me, have been the most important. Um, so when I came in, I was pretty serious. I knew that my life was was completely unmanageable. And what's interesting is I knew that my eating was completely out of control. 
I, I binged regularly. I felt that I was a complete slave to the food. I um, could not stop. But the, the real reason I came in was because of the second part. My life just felt completely unmanageable. I just felt lost in the world. I felt scared all the time. Um, sorry, I may get emotional and I, I'm actually, I'm not going to apologize for that. I, I do get emotional because I have so much gratitude. I have so much gratitude for this program, for the transformation that it's given me. Um, you know, and I, so I came in and I, uh, got a sponsor almost immediately. I listened to people in meetings who had what I wanted. And I started calling this one woman and she, throughout the journey of our steps, um, has been a loving witness. Um, and I'm so grateful for her because I have really, um, been fearless and thorough in this step work. And I find in abstinence um, feelings that were buried, memories that were buried, feelings in my body that for a very long time were not accessible because they were too scary. Um, and that I kept at bay with the food. They're at the surface now. And it's a different experience of being alive. Um, sometimes they catch me off guard. Um, I'm still learning how to have feelings and how to process them in a healthy way. And that's what the steps are for. And that's what meetings are for. And that's what a sponsor is for. Um, you know, and so she has been a loving witness um, to really guide and help me see the patterns and the attitudes um, that have kept me from a relationship with a power greater than myself. Because I truly believe, you know, working steps one to three, I truly believe that I'm beyond human aid. This disease is cunning, baffling, powerful. I am beyond human aid. I cannot do this alone. And therefore, I need to continue to work the rest of the steps. And, um, you know, writing that fearless and moral inventory for me was powerful. It was scary because I did have to, I personally had to go back to early childhood things that I had not wanted to really uh, face and, and more importantly, feel the feelings about. I was very good at being detached from myself. But ultimately that detachment led me to um, being detached from others. So, you know, sponsorship, literature, writing, I, I to me, I feel the three go hand in hand. I, you know, I have my notebook of, from the first step, writing down my food history, writing down and getting honest about the foods that are my alcoholic foods. I'm very clear on what my alcoholic foods are. Um, the ones that when I look at them, and actually it's interesting, I live with I live with two normal eaters. And so I have things in my house that are not my food. And I see them. And um, you know, I wake up every morning and I say, Thank you for another day of life. Please keep me abstinent today. Um, and I turn my my will in my life 
and my food over to this power greater than myself. And, and it's in that complete surrender um, that I gain the power, right? It's, it's that contradiction that we read about in the beginning. Um, and that's all a result of, you know, working, working the steps, calling my, I call my sponsor every day and I tell her my food and I tell her a little bit about my day and we do a quick gratitude and, um, you know, it keeps me accountable and it keeps me honest. And, um, you know, I wanted to say that, you know, living, I live with the normal eaters. So going back to alcoholic foods, it, a food, if I go, if I, if I, you know, in, in the old days, if there was a food and I would go, yeah, like, it's just like you know, that probably belongs on my alcoholic foods list. And if I'm thinking about it, if I'm, if I know it's there and I'm like, oh, you know, planning the next time I'm going to eat it and it's taking up space in my head, that's prop that probably isn't a food that I should be eating. And so getting that clarity and for me, it's, you know, sugar, added sugar, most processed foods, snack foods, foods I'm eating with my hands, crunchy, salty. Um, I don't, I don't mess with that uh, because I've been down that road and I, I talked about controlling and enjoying. There's no such thing as I, I cannot, when I try to eat those foods and control them, I'm not enjoying them because in reality, I want to eat. I don't want to stop. And when I'm enjoying them, definitely not controlling them. And then I, my life, you know, my life gets out of control. And, and so anyway, that clarity, the step work, um, a plan of eating for me is also very important. Um, I, I also have issues with quantity. So, um, you know, coming in, surrendering, writing that food history and realizing that I, I need help. I want this. I want recovery. I don't want to live this way anymore. I cannot do it. Um, my sponsor made a suggestion that I try eating three meals, nothing in between. And uh, that's what I tried to do at first. It was hard, but I did it. And mm -hmm. um, I'm continuing to do that. Thank you. Um, in fact, when she first made that suggestion to me, I thought to myself, there's no way. I cannot. I cannot do three meals with nothing in between. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she said, you know, especially at night, the, the night eating was, was very difficult for me. And, um, you know, she said, Kristen, no one ever starved between lunch and dinner. Um, actually, before she took me on, she said, I'll sponsor you, but are you willing to go to any length for your recovery? Are you willing to go to any length? And I said, um, yes, I am. So when she made the suggestion of, of uh, you know, three meals, nothing between, I I said, I'm going to try it because I, I told her I was willing to go to any length. And then she said, nobody ever starved between dinner and breakfast. And she also said, you know, Kristen, there are people in other countries who work, and in this country, who work, you know, manual labor all day. Some people are in the fields, they're, you know, and they eat a lot less than you do. And, and they're still alive, <laughs> you know? And so she said, things like that. but I, I'm serious. I really held on to those things. I was like, okay, I would think about these people working in the fields and <laughs> eating a lot less than me. And, um, you know, and then I realized I was going to be okay. And then writing that food history, 
And again, being very clear that I wanted recovery, you know, and I weigh and measure most of my meals. I, I weigh and measure because I know I have issues with quantity. It just makes my life easier. I don't have to mess around with, you know, trying to eyeball. I heard a speaker in a meeting recently, you know, a, a moderate meal is an entire turkey and a, a sprig of parsley. You know, I don't, I, I just, I, I know that that's, uh, I'm, what's the saying? You know, I'm a pickle. I'm never going to turn back into a cucumber. So it's just easier for me this way. I have to travel for work a lot. I travel every other month. So I'm on planes, I'm in airports, I'm taking connections, I'm in hotels. And so I have a whole action plan around when I travel, packing my food, I I buy my, uh, you know, during the week, I buy my, I do grocery shopping on the weekends, I pretty much know what I'm going to eat for breakfast and lunch every day. Uh, my husband, um, I'm fortunate enough. He does most of the cooking. He's very supportive of my program in a way. He cooks food that I can eat. Um, I'm very grateful for that. And, you know, part of my, part of my action plan is also, you know, waking up and praying. And um, one of the things I say in the morning is I ask my higher power. I say, Help me to please you by taking care of myself as your child and your creation. And I realized before coming into OA, I was, um, for me, this disease, it, it's a disease of self-hate. It was not good. I was very poor at taking care of myself. The thought of like doing grocery shopping and planning meals those are the actions of someone who loves himself. I did not love myself before away. And so I look at these things of, of going shopping, of doing, of planning my meals, of doing food prep. That's an act of self-love. It's an act of self-care. And the relationship and the conception I have of a power greater than myself today is somebody who loves me unconditionally, unconditionally, um, wants me to be happy, joyous, and free, really wants me to be happy, joyous, and free, um, thinks that I deserve a good life. I didn't feel any of those things before OA. I felt doomed, and I felt completely unworthy and completely undeserving, and that is not an exaggeration. And, um, you know, it's, I, I just really can't say enough about the gifts that the program has given me. Like I said, um, this idea that I can rest easy. I was filled with anxiety and fear before coming into OA and, and my head was filled with a critical inner voice. And so of course I wanted to eat to drown out, drown that out. Um, and the miracle is accessible. I truly believe that to any of us. There is a part in the OA literature that we, we read it in some of the meetings. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. I, I truly believe that. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. 
I, I really believe that because it is my experience and the experience of many others I see in these rooms, um, you know, getting a sponsor, coming to meetings, working the steps through the literature, which is going to involve writing, you know, getting honest about my food, the things that I can and cannot eat, the unmanageability of my life. I think the miracle is easily accessible to anyone. But again, it's a program of uh, for people who want it, not people who need it. Um, but I love those words. And we don't do this program perfectly because we're human beings. <laughs> we make mistakes. To err is human, right? To forgive divine. Is that the saying? I don't know. I probably messed it up. But um, we practice the principles in our affairs. We don't do them perfectly. That was, that's was that been a big lesson through my recovery is that I'm just part of the human race now. I get to just be Kristen. And um, please, today, take what you like and 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 leave the rest. You know, I don't represent OA. Um, I'm just one person in recovery sharing experience, strength, and hope. And so um, if you're new, please keep coming back. Uh, please go to at least six different meetings and listen for the similarities and not the differences. That's always what I try to do. And um, thank you again for letting me come and, and share your meeting. And I hope everyone has a, a wonderful day. Thanks.